With a closer look at the news and events affecting Prince George, welcome to After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And it's a rather cloudy Tuesday morning out there in downtown Prince George. Got a good show lined up, I hope. And our first guest is all set to go on the phone, Shelley LeBreton with the Prince George Community Response Network. Good morning, Shelley. Good morning. Thank you for having me on your show today. Not too, yeah, no problem. And it, it's a busy day for you. It absolutely is. It started a couple hours ago. Uh, today is parade day. Mm-hmm. Now, it is, today is officially World Elder Abuse Awareness Day, is it not? It is. June 15th is World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. Um, the Community Response Network likes to do a public awareness campaign to highlight the importance of this issue because uh, abuse towards anybody is appalling. Mm-hmm. But when it when it targets a very specific vulnerable group like our elders, like our seniors, then I believe that it you know it's worthy of extra special attention through a public awareness campaign, and that's the purpose of our parade today. Mm-hmm. Now, you actually got the Elder Abuse Awareness Day started a little bit early, didn't you? You, you had an event yesterday. We had a proclamation mm-hmm. event yesterday because much like other celebrations or other public awareness things, June is Elder Abuse Awareness Month. This is Elder Abuse, uh, Elder Abuse Awareness Week, and then specifically today is Elder Abuse Awareness Day. So we launched the um, we launched the the week off with a proclamation at City Hall and raised a flag, half mass. I might mm. add, in respect for, you know, the mm-hmm. 215 children and now more children. So out of respect for that issue, our flag was raised half-mass alongside all the other flags at City Hall. And now today is the drive-by parade. And now what is, I guess, what is sort of the idea behind the parade? So the idea behind the parade is to, to is the public awareness campaign. Mm-hmm. The color is purple for, you know, purple is a, uh, a widely accepted color of, uh, that represents oppression. And um, so we, that's the color for the event. And we're asking people to, uh, to come to the parade, line up, put a little bit of purple on their vehicles mm-hmm. or maybe some messaging of ending elder abuse or maybe if they belong to a business or an agency that actually supports the cause, they can have that displayed on their vehicle as well. So we're lining up to do a drive-by parade because it's COVID-friendly. Mm-hmm. And we were, you know, um, not quite sure when we started organizing this exactly what kind of public awareness campaign we can do. In previous years, we've had big, huge gatherings, of course. Right. Yeah. So this is why we chose the drive-by parade. Very grateful that COVID is, you know, not as big an issue as it was previously. But we still want to protect everybody in the, the world of the pandemic that we live in. So we're asking people to stay in their vehicles. Um, they'll line up, and um, if they don't have some purple decorations, we have some purple posters, and we have some purple. Um, decorations that we can, you know, quickly put on your vehicle, like on your antenna or on the window. We have volunteers that are going to help guide the people into the lineup situation. I should say that where where we're mustering our parade is in the parking lot beside the aquatic center, right up by where the soccer fields are and the CN center. So the 18th Avenue entrance is the entrance you would use. 
Huh? Our parade is at 2 o'clock officially, mm-hmm. but you can come anytime between 1 and 2 to line up, keeping in mind an hour's wait if you come <laughs> at 1 o'clock. And um, for those... This is a side note, but we have a porter potty that we brought in. Oh, good. Because, you know, we have a lot of seniors attending our event, and if you are there for an hour, you never know. No. <laughs> so, so we had a porter potty brought in, uh, brought in, in case that's a concern for anybody. We also have had a huge media support from CKPG. The River and 99.3. So Mm -hmm. they have been giving us advertising and becoming part of our big public awareness campaign. You too. You are part of that, right? And so we're very appreciative of CKPG TV. The Fun Chaser is going to be at the event today. The Fun Chaser is going to be doing live social broadcasting, social media broadcasting, so people in their vehicles can, you know, tune into Mm -hmm. what's happening by going on the CKPG website with Fun Chaser, and the mayor is going to be there to present our proclamation certificate. We have um, an elder from Central Interior Native Health who's going to do the acknowledgement and the prayer, and uh, we'll do a little bit of conversation about the importance of bringing awareness to elder abuse. Um, and that's basically how, you know, the basic structure of how the parade is going to work. We'll have like a 10-minute little um, conversation with the mayor and the elder, little conversation about the issue, and then launching the parade. And the um, community policing will be leading our parade. So we've got tons of community support. Mm-hmm for the event. So we're very pleased with that. Now, what is the route? So if people want to sort of, if they can't take part in the parade, but they want to sort of get out and show their support by being on the side of the road even, how, what's That's the route? Great. That's really great. So we're going to travel down 15th. We're going to travel down 15th to Kearney Street. Mm-hmm. We're going to take Kearney over to Gateway. What our driving route is, is to drive by seniors' facilities, mm-hmm. long-term, long-term care residences, assisted living, um, seniors' housing, and we're going to drive by them specifically because their resource centers are still not open. No. And, you know, they're still in, um, isolated. And so we thought it's, it's a little bit of a complicated route. Hmm. We, will be, we will be providing maps. <laughs> at the, at the yeah. parade, and so, you know, blowing up the diagrams with arrows. But basically, you know, so far, it's a pretty simple route. But once we get um, down past Riverview, uh, Gateway and uh, Riverbend, then we will go back on to Victoria, down Victoria Street, up 2nd, and that's where we'll be driving by, like, places like the Prince George Council of Seniors, the Native Friendship mm-hmm. Center, you know, agencies that are supporting mm-hmm. seniors. We go down Winnipeg, up Laurier, which will take us by Simon Fraser yeah. Lodge, and then all these seniors' housing is back in there in that neighborhood. Wow. It is just one street, but people maybe not as familiar, but we still felt it important to persevere and do that because the seniors can't get out yet. No. So they, you know, and today, unfortunately, may have some rain. So originally, they're going to sit outside of their residences in the nice sunny weather and watch the parade mm. here honking, but that may be from their windows now. <laughs> so, you know, we'll just live it in the moment. But I, as long as, you know, we appreciate them, we haven't forgotten about them, mm. and nor have we forgotten about this issue. And if 
if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind spending a little bit of time talking about what elder abuse is. Because it's different than the other kinds of abuses. Yep, go for it. So uh, elder abuse, they say one in ten elders do experience some form of abuse. That's a a statistic that I'm sure is underrated and understated. Mm -hmm. But elder abuse is specifically by the people who are loving them, taking care of them, or somebody they trust, and that is very specific. The uh, more commonly elders, uh, excuse me, elder abuse is, um, most common form is financial abuse during senior years. And we do have a lot of systems that can help to protect elders. However, (laughs) those systems can be onerous to engage in. And the vulnerability of the senior is the part that is mostly unsupported. So, yes, you can go to the public guardian and trustee if you think a power of attorney person is abusing somebody, but that's process, Mm -hmm. that's application. Often with seniors, you know, the big dilemma is this person is the only person I have left in my life taking care of me. I can't complain about them. And they take the abuse. Yeah. Right? They are in a situation where their choices are, you know, what, you know, their choices are so limited um, that it is, it is, it is a sad part of the story. Right? And I would suspect as well, a part of the problem as well is that a lot of times the senior may not even be aware that the abuse is taking place. Even, even when it's financial, well, especially when it's financial, because this person is handling their finances to start with, and the senior doesn't, may not be aware of what's actually happening with their finances. Absolutely. Um, look at long-term care situations. Seniors mm-hmm. who, you know, only 15% of people, of, of, of seniors over the age of 80 are actually in long-term care. So it's a relatively small population. Which is why I think it doesn't garner the money from government and the attention that it needs, because it hasn't hit a wide enough Mm -hmm. general population that people know about the issue, which is part of why we're doing the public awareness campaign. But still, our systems are overwhelmed with the long-term care system. There's so many people just the same. But if you're uh, somebody going into long-term care, the average life expectancy is 18 months. Wow. Where is the timeline for resolution? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, you think about when you're victimized as a younger person, you know, it hits your self-esteem, it hits your your core at who you are, and especially when you find out it's somebody you really trust and love, you go through all the same reactions that anybody else does. But you don't have years to go to counseling, years to get over it, years to heal that wound, and you don't have the timeline within our court systems and within our remedy systems to address it. And so I've seen financial abuse actually speed up the end of life for our mm-hmm. residents in long-term care because they give up when they realize their bank accounts are emptied. Yeah. How do they recoup? You know, so it's a very serious issue. And the way we have a ministry for children and families in our province, I would like to see one for seniors. Mm-hmm. They live in abstract poverty unless you've been able to get a pension established in your life, uh, you know, but we, for, you know, a great deal of citizens live in abstract poverty. And with that comes poor housing, poor nutrition, you know, poor um, ability and access to resources, you know. So we have to start addressing the financial abuses, not just by the stranger 
it's not just by the person that you may have entrusted your money to. (laughs) It's also by all these other systems that kind of block you out by your very financial status in life. And so, um, you know, there's work to be done on that political level as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so much work to be done. So much work to be done. Yeah, and of course, one of the biggest things is to raise the public awareness of it, which is what the whole thing about the event today is. Absolutely. And abuse is like, it's not about the stranger danger. No. But it is still about physical, sexual, financial, mm-hmm. psychological spiritual, denying people access, won't take them to church anymore, won't, like, you know, you're you're a caretaker, but you're not meeting their needs. Mm -hmm. You know, psychological abuse, simply like, hey, old man, or hey, old woman, instead of using their name, you know, to demean them and to, um, uh, you know, to uh, slowly kind of eat away at that that level of self-esteem in them so that you can, that predator can gain control. Mm -hmm. You know, so we want, and they do experience physical and sexual violence as well. Um, however, it is mostly related to financial abuse that we, we take a strong look at. You can't have financial abuse without pieces of the other stuff. No. Right? Yeah. You can't be that predator on a, on a senior without the psychological abuse. Yeah. You know, and uh, if you're uh, killing them with kindness, that's no better. If you're taking their bank account, that's their autonomy. You know, that's their that's their life's work in that bank account, and uh, yeah, I could go on. It is it is an important issue, and there's many like we have agencies actually sprung up just to deal with this problem. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So now, Shelley, just to wrap things up, then it's Elder Abuse Awareness Day today. The big event in Prince George is the drive-by parade. Now, do people need to register for this, or at this point, can they just show up? In the parking lot by the Aquatic Center. Yeah, at this point, just show up. Okay. Just show up at this point. We do have a lot of registration, but showing up is okay, too. Um, it's a big parking lot. Yes. <laughs> so we'll, we'll be And so um, start showing up around 1 o'clock, basically. Things will get going around 2. Now, just in case people are concerned, you were saying community policing is going to be leading the route, so will this be like a full parade in the sense of when you come to intersections, the intersections will be blocked until the parade passes through? No. Okay. We are following natural traffic patterns, okay. so there will be disruptions in yeah. the flow. So it, it may be that you're in groups of five or ten. Mm-hmm. Where you're, you know, that are making the, the honking horns, but, yeah. you know, people will be separated at traffic lights. We designed it so we don't have very many left hand turns at all. Okay. Good. <laughs> and, um, you know, but people need to get to where they're going as well, and they yeah. may end up as part of our parade without even knowing it. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess the other thing is then in those smaller groups, you want to make sure the person in the lead vehicle has a map just in case. <laughs> yes. They got a map. They got okay. a map. So you know, as you and I and I said in the instructions that I sent out to registrants as well is, if you get lost, just join us at another point. Yeah. Okay. You know. So, and our end goal is to drive up to the Heart past the Pioneer, the Heart Pioneer Center, right? Um, because they are often left out because yeah. of just their location. So we will end the parade there. We're not remustering, so we're right. not gathering again after the parade. You can exit whenever you're, you know, whenever mm-hmm. you need to, and uh, we appreciate any support at all along the journey of the route. Okay. Shelley LeBreton with the Prince George Community Response Network, thanks very much for bringing us up to date on what's happening with your parade this afternoon. 
Thank you for your time today. Okay. Take a quick break and be back with more after nine. Join us each week for Music and the Spoken Word, featuring the Tabernacle Choir at Temple Square, the longest-running, continuous weekly network broadcast in the world, celebrating over 90 years on the air. Each episode features modern and traditional arrangements of spiritual, patriotic, classical, and contemporary music, and a timely, inspiring message. Music and the Spoken Word with the Tabernacle Choir. Sunday mornings at 8, here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. It's World Elder Abuse Awareness Day. A flag has been raised at City Hall, and a proclamation was read in recognition of the day. And next is a drive-by parade. The parade will get underway this afternoon at 2 from the parking lot by the Aquatic Center. You can still register for the parade by emailing PrinceGeorgeCRN at gmail.com or call 250-301-6664. It's the World Elder Abuse Awareness Day drive-by parade this afternoon at 2 from the Aquatic Center. The Survivor BC Prostate Cancer Exercise Program is now available via Zoom. The program supports men living with prostate cancer, helping to increase flexibility, improve muscle and cardiovascular fitness, meet new people, and learn safe and effective exercises. To register, contact Lisa Newcomb by emailing inspiredlifestyles at shaw.ca. The Survivor BC Prostate Cancer Exercise Program, Monday and Wednesday afternoons from 1 to 2 through June 30th. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud this morning. A 60% chance of showers with the risk of a thunderstorm and wind from the west at 20 this afternoon. A high of 18 with a high UV index. Partly cloudy tonight and a low of 5. For Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the southwest at 20 gusting to 40. A high of 18 with a high UV index. This is After 9 on Prince George's Community Station. 93.1 CFIS-FM. And in studio now with someone who... Well... Crystal Leeson, Executive Director at Hubble Homestead Historic Site. You guys started the new season a couple of weeks ago, I guess, now yeah. with, Victor- with um, Victoria Day, yep. the Victoria Day weekend. And then you decided to give the staff a few weeks off before you did anything else. <laughs> if only. I feel like our interviewers would disagree because they've been yes. really busy with school <laughs> tours. <laughs> oh, okay. So yeah. that's, that's kind of nice. That it's be- really nice to have students back. Yeah. Um, we made some changes this year to the program, so it's not the same one that we've always done, mm-hmm. but it's more of a... There's, it gives a lot more options for teachers to choose the types of activities oh. they're doing, and so they seem to be liking it, and... Yeah, it's just great to have um, people on site again, and uh, yeah, we've got uh, we've got a lot to keep us busy. That's for sure. So with the school tours, then I'm not saying that this is what it was in the past, but it's not a cookie cutter tour anymore. The, no, stu- the teachers I mean, can say, "Here's what we would like." My, yeah, I guess I'd like my students to. In the past, we offered a three-hour program that was um, <laughs> that started with a guided tour, yeah. either of the. Uh, the Hubble part of the site or the Clayton Snape Fish Camp. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher could choose from activities for mm-hmm. each one of those programs. Um, this year, we're not giving guided tours to ah, school groups. Right. We are giving guided tours to visitors, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but for school groups, they can explore on their own with our self-guided tour. Um, and then there's a lot more activities that they can choose mm-hmm. from so they can make a make a visit as long or short as they want um and sort of depending on their age group or their class interest so there's our sherlock challenge mm-hmm. they could do they can make ice cream or butter like usual mm-hmm. or um yeah there's also 
scavenger hunts and treasure hunts and all sorts of things. It's been it's been pretty good. I think we'll probably continue to offer a combination of the old way and the new way. Oh yeah, yeah. Now that we're and again now moving to step two in the restart plan mm-hmm. as of yesterday. Had you guys figured on making any changes to what you were already doing in light of the changes, or are you saying? Rather than try to shift horses in midstream sort of thing, we're just going to go with what we've got. At the moment, the changes for step two don't really change what we had planned. Um, The exception is for some of the weddings that we had Mm. booked to can now have more people indoors, which is nice for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But other than that, we're still uh, there are several weekends that we have planned that incorporate more demonstrations that you can book in advance. We've been requiring advanced booking for those. At the moment, that's where it still stands. We're going to have a chat about whether we should do away with the booking. If we're, I mean, if you can have people outside gathered, um, you know, you're still masks are required when you're participating in programming out at the site. So, mm-hmm. um, at the moment, you still have to book, um, your heritage demonstrations in advance. And so those are things like, um, on July 1st, we have several mm-hmm. demonstrations. July 3rd, we'll have demonstrations. We have a Sherlock Saturday event, event, quote unquote, mm-hmm. <laughs> activity offered, um, next not next week. No. It's coming this one after that, the yes. 26th. I think, right? I think we got it. Um, She's got yeah. her notes, but she doesn't have her calendar. I'm not looking at the notes. Here's the thing. Uh, so uh, Saturday, the 26th, we have uh, Sherlock Saturday, which is a 45-minute activity that you and up to five more of your friends or children mm-hmm. can book. Um, and you can come. It's kind of like an exit room style game in oh. the Hubble house. Oh. Yeah, pretty cool. So you do need to buy your tickets by the 23rd. Yes. For that one, $10 a person. We recommend 12 and up if you, it, it is okay for younger, younger kids. Mm-hmm. So if you have kids under 12 that want to participate with you, then it's five bucks for them. Okay. So, so there's no jump scares or anything. Like there's no, nothing that's going to scare a mis- the kids. It's but. not a, a haunted house. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. <laughs> it's a, it's just a puzzle game. Yeah. Now, is this something you guys have done before? Cause I know you've held these Sherlock Saturdays and stuff like that before. Have you done like the escape room? No. Thing? So no. we've, we shifted things a little bit. Sherlock mm-hmm. Saturday has been on our schedule for a couple years yeah. as a self-guided activity where you come out and you solve puzzle um, clues. You solve yeah. clues that lead you around the site. So that activity remains, but we've renamed it Watson Weekend. Oh. So it's three days, <laughs> Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the 24th, 5th, and 6th. 25th, 6th, and 7th. Yes, yeah, sorry, you're right. The 25th, I'm looking 5th. at my notes because I'm allowed to. <laughs> um, and then we, um, we have Sherlock Saturday, which we've shifted into this bookable activity, um, which is only on the Saturday. Okay. So Watson weekend, you can come out and solve the clue, the clue game anytime you want. No booking required. Mm-hmm. Part of your donation. You don't have to pay anything extra. Sherlock Saturday is only on the Saturday and you do need to book in advance because it's just for yeah. like, um, bubbles, I guess. Yeah. And I'm thinking as well, from what I know of escape rooms, it's the sort of thing where after each group, 
your staff probably has to go in and reset yeah, things, things as well. Reset, write things yeah. reset some of the puzzles and stuff so yeah. the next group that comes in can't go, oh, okay, there's the clue for that one. There's the clue for that one. There's exactly. the clue for that one. And we're finished. It's five minutes. Boom, we're done. <laughs> yeah, so that one runs, I think, the last booking is 3.30 okay. on the Saturday. I think it starts around 10.30 to 3.30. So. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, come back and talk some more with Crystal about events happening at Hubble Homestead over the next little while after 9. All youth professionals are invited to Vantage Point's free youth network event, Challenging Conversations and Advocating for Yourself. Taking place Thursday, June 24th, this workshop will help you discover tools and strategies to prepare for conversations such as negotiating a job offer or speaking up regarding workplace issues. Hosted virtually, registration is available through thevantagepoint.ca. Challenging conversations and advocacy for yourself. A youth network workshop via Zoom. Thursday, June 24th from 4 to 5.30 through thevantagepoint.ca. The Prince George Public Library has permanently eliminated overdue fees on library material. The library had temporarily suspended the fees in March 2020 in response to COVID-19, making it difficult for some people to return the materials on time. As well, the library has reinstated regular loan periods, which were also adjusted in March 2020. No more overdue fees for Prince George Public Library materials. However, there may still be charges for lost or damaged items. Patrons with charges on their accounts are asked to contact the library to discuss their account. An innovative fusion of indie rock and radio drama is now available online. Isolation Suite captures the soundscape of one character's descent into grayness. His reality gets incrementally darker, but a boundless creative spirit still circles around in scenes both heartbreaking and hilarious. Music is integral to the storytelling as we hear the experiences through sweet acoustic laments, jagged punk rants, and surrealist post-rock jams. Presented as a six-episode podcast, Isolation Suite is available free of charge at isolationsuite.ca. In April 2020, the province of B.C. temporarily removed legislative barriers to meeting electronically so organizations facing challenges could continue to govern and provide services during the pandemic. Amendments to various incorporation acts will permanently remove these barriers, allowing each corporate entity to determine the appropriate platform for their meetings. More information on these legislative amendments is available at workingforyou.gov.bc.ca. You're listening to After 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So, Crystal, we've been talking a lot about the Watson weekend mm-hmm. at Sherlock Saturday, but there's something, there's something before happening that. before then. Yeah, so Father's Day is this, yes. this weekend. Um, we've got a special Father's Day treasure hunt running oh. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so you can bring Dad out mm-hmm. and challenge him to that maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a lot of lawn games, so if you want to check out uh, horseshoes, croquet, washers, um, you can play Dad out on mm. the green space. But the really exciting part is that Dad, when he comes out, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, uh, can claim a free pancake breakfast or if he's not a morning person, mm-hmm. you can get a free ice cream sundae. So <laughs> uh, pancakes are available 10 to 12, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So dad can come out, get a free pancake breakfast. Yeah. And then ice cream sundaes are available 12 to 5 all three days. Mm-hmm. And you can use it as an excuse to come out, bring the whole family, bring the dog. Yep. Just enjoy yourself. Take on the treasure hunt. But just to make it clear... Dad and the family can't come out at like 11.30, claim the pancake breakfast at 11.30, 
eat until noon and then clean the ice cream sundae. Well, he gets one or the other, unfortunately. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That's, just <laughs> want to make clear grandpa, that. Maybe Grandpa okay. will share his ice cream with you oh, after good, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, hey? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's this weekend. Now, just before we go any further, what hours are you open now? We're open from 10 to 5 mm-hmm. every day. So that includes weekends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then, so that's this weekend, Father's Day. Yes. The following weekend. Watson weekend. Watson weekend with Sherlock Saturday yeah. right smack in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And then this is why I said you were giving your staff a little bit of time off after the toy day. <laughs> because basically, like, not even a week later, you start a week-long event. Well, yeah, that's a, uh, it's a that's an exciting way to put it. Yeah, I okay. think it's maybe overstating things a bit. <laughs> we have <clears throat> week-long activities okay. celebrating Dominion Day, yes. Canada Day. Uh, well. It's pretty low-key, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. It's, uh, it's a weird year mm-hmm. to celebrate. Um, so we have uh, activities that you can come out any day starting Monday the 28th. Wow. Um, so you come out, you can get a craft kit, you can get a Canada Day activity to do on your own with your family. Um, we've got uh, some cake that will be available on the 1st mm-hmm. on Thursday. Um, and we'll also have some demonstrations that day that you can book in advance or book when you arrive on site if there's mm-hmm. still space. So things like ice cream, butter making, mm. things like that. I know. Ice cream making. My For some reason, that that doesn't seem to be very popular for little kids, though, does it? Well, the problem with ice cream making is it takes like quite a bit oh, of time and yeah. effort. <laughs> yes, I prefer butter making. Mm-hmm. I mean, I this is a weird thing to say, but I, I maybe almost like butter better than ice cream. <laughs> I'm not eating it with a okay. spoon, obviously. The but views expressed yeah. by Crystal Leeson are not necessarily <laughs> yeah. those of this station. <laughs> That's personal, um, but I just enjoy the process of butter making. Oh yeah, and there's a lot to talk about, so yeah. I really, really like butter making with people and um yeah so those kinds of activities will be available mm-hmm. and we'll also be offering demonstrations on the third which is saturday mm-hmm. because the activities run for the whole week so you can mm-hmm. come out any day there'll be like no crowds so you don't have to worry about getting too close to people mm-hmm. you don't know uh, lots of green space from fresh air you can get a guided tour you can explore on your own you can do the activities get a piece of cake Mm. so yeah you know it's not a whole lot but it's um i think just a nice way to get outside and do some fun stuff so you can get a piece of cake but if crystal has anything to say about it you won't get any ice cream with it (laughs) well you know it all depends on the timing of i guess your visit and the timing of your your ice cream making i mean if you're really into butter on cake i'm sure you can get a knife for you Now, you were talking about the demonstrations as being stuff like the butter making mm-hmm. and the ice cream making stuff. What about things like the blacksmith shop? Where does that fall uh, on the our spectrum? Our blacksmith isn't out there oh. this this year. Okay. Um, but our staff have all started um, working on heritage projects. Mm. So they all choose um, like a something they want to focus on, mm-hmm. and they learn how to do it the traditional way. And so they're going to be presenting that throughout the summer. So one of them is going to be doing, I think, ink making Ooh, on Canada Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see. I don't know mm. anything about it either, so I'm excited yeah. to learn. Um, so there's, we have two events coming up later this summer: Taste of the Past and Hands On History. Mm. Taste of the Past is July, and Hands On History is in August. And so 
um, at Hands on History, they're going to, all of them will demonstrate what mm-hmm. they're doing. So I think they're doing things like um, paper making. <laughs> so they're kind of a pair, paper making and ink making. Yeah. Um, and then I think we have soap making and candy making, Ooh. like hard candies. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that'll be going on. So you'll see can you see each of those demonstrations on the schedule twice this summer. Mm. So I think ink making will probably be Canada Day and then also again on hands on history right. and then like candy making will be there for taste of the past and hands on history. Um, the other thing, actually, I just forgot. We just confirmed this yesterday. Oh. July 1st at one o'clock. Bernard McKay. Uh, is going to come out and talk about riverboats, long, oh, long riverboats. Right. So I don't know if you recognize Bernard McKay's name. He's a I local author. I think I've heard author. it, but yeah. Crooked River Rats is mm. one of his books um, uh, where he uh, looks at the history of um, freighting on, on the river. Mm-hmm. And he recently donated a riverboat to Hubble Homestead. It's on oh, display wow. um, down near the riverbank. And sense. so he's going to be out on July 1st at 1 to talk about it. He's, it's been many years since he was out to oh. uh, <laughs> to talk to visitors about that. So that will be uh, a great time to yeah. come out and... Um, learn more about history of river freighting and you know rivers were the highways of our region for many 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 years so yeah. really for most of our history yes <laughs> so. so you've got a river boat donated now yeah so in a year or two are you gonna start having tours up and down the river on the no okay. no it's an artifact <laughs> it's not like um it's, it's not, not a like working your casino riverboat. Oh, okay. It's like a, yeah. a freighting longboat. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to be clear on that because yeah. I was thinking, boy, that would be yes. neat. No, we we're not going to have. It's not a paddle wheeler. No. <laughs> and so now, as we were mentioning earlier, as of technically as of today, we're in step two of the restart mm-hmm. plan. Step three could be taking place as of July 1st. Yeah. Is this something where you and your staff may be looking at that and saying maybe not on July 1st, obviously, but it's something that maybe for some of your events in August, you may be looking at possibly being able to open them up a little bit more. Yeah, I I would hope that by step three, we wouldn't need to do uh, demo bookings. Mm -hmm. It would be more like um, when you visit on a regular event day and you can just participate in the demo at the certain time um obviously um events as you know them at hubble homestead Mm -hmm. won't return till next year but um yeah we we've worked on incorporating more of our demo programming this year because we didn't really do a lot of that last year Mm. um but this year uh we're we're that's why we started with the bookings and hopefully we can open it up just to a general drop-in type of um, schedule demo. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, hopefully coming later this summer, especially since we have two days that are essentially all demonstrations. Yes. So basically for what I'll call Dominion Week, yeah. <laughs> assume everything's going to be the same as what it is right now. Yeah. And so the demos are available only on the first and yeah. the third anyway. Yeah. Um, so check our website, hubblehomestead.ca. You can mm-hmm. buy your tickets right online. Um, for those demos, you can also usually book when you arrive on site mm-hmm. if there's still openings. But yeah. if you're really set on getting a specific time or something like that, then I would recommend calling us or booking in advance. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, other than that, you can just drop drop by anytime, 10 to 5, with <laughs> your family, the dog, uh, whomever, well, and take part in the self-led activities. Well, you say drop by. 
But it's yeah. not that quite it's that not really simple. A drop in, is it? Like, <laughs> where is Hubble Homestead? <laughs> so Hubble Homestead is, of course, 40 kilometers north of Prince George, just off Highway 97 on Mitchell Road. So it is a little bit of an effort, but yes. it's well worth the drive, and it's a lot oh. closer than you think. Yeah. And the other thing to remind people of, of course, especially with, if you're looking on the website, 1B in Hubble. 1B with Hubble. Hubblehomestead.ca, yeah. H-U-B-L-E. And yeah. we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So you got no excuse for not being able to find out what's happening there. We're also in the phone book. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you can call us even. What's a phone book? Yeah. <laughs> so with, with any luck, maybe by the BC Day holiday in August, and possibly by Labor Day weekend, because you guys are still open then. Yep. You guys may have been able to open things up a little bit more if the province has opened up more. Um, yeah, I think that you'll probably... Our plans I won't change very much. No. The only thing that will change is demonstration booking, mm-hmm. advance, or or just drop in. Um, because really, Hubble Homestead is, is fully open for the most part. Um, yeah. There's not very many restrictions aside from masks indoors and uh, like a limit on a couple buildings. Mm-hmm. So... You know, your general visit to Hubble Homestead is pretty much unchanged. It's like kind of a nice respite from yes. <laughs> from everything else. Okay. Crystal Leeson, Executive Director at Hubble Homestead Historic Site. Thanks very much for coming in. It sounds like you've got a busy few weeks coming up. We do. Hope to see <laughs> hope to see some people. It's uh it should be hopefully really a nice a nice summer and uh we're looking forward to normalcy just like everybody else (laughs) okay gonna take another quick break and be back with more after nine the canadian grandparents story family matters is now available on amazon written by daphne jennings the canadian grandparents story outlines the history activities and successes of the canadian grandparents rights association including the creation of the grandparents quilt as well as topics such as parental alienation and elder abuse for more information on the cgra visit canadian grandparents rights association.com and pick up your copy of the canadian grandparents story family matters now available on Amazon. Periods are a fact of life, but if you're living in poverty or vulnerable in other ways, access to necessary menstrual products can be challenging. To cope with the issue of period poverty, United Way of Northern BC is running a Period Promise campaign through the end of June. Help out by making a donation through the Period Promise page, donating items at a product collection site, or organizing your own Period Promise collection campaign. Full details are available on the Period Promise page through unitedwaynbc.com. The Prince George Community Foundation has moved. Now located at 1584 7th Avenue, the new facility offers the foundation the opportunity to expand and better serve loyal donors, grant applicants, and valued community partners. Their phone number and email addresses have remained the same, as have the website and social media accounts. But their office is now located at 1584 7th Avenue. The Prince George Community Foundation, celebrating 25 years, all for our community. Forecast from Environment Canada. A mix of sun and cloud this morning. A 60% chance of showers with the risk of a thunderstorm and wind from the west at 20 this afternoon. A high of 18 with a high UV index. Partly cloudy tonight and a low of 5. For Wednesday, a mix of sun and cloud. Wind from the southwest at 20 gusting to 40. A high of 18 with a high UV index. Keeping you up to date on current news and events in and around Prince George. This is After 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. And we were talking with Crystal Leeson there a little bit about um, how the province has moved to uh, phase two of the restart plan. And thought some people might not be aware of what 
going to phase two means in terms of what you are and are not allowed to do. And some... What? You're making, you're making almost no, I obscene just, I gestures. I wasn't sure if, uh, if Stephen had turned up my Gee, mic. Uh, that one piece that you've got mic. looks very familiar. Oh. <laughs> so you had it. Well, I printed it off. You I didn't take it. it. Off. No, it had not been printed off. Uh, anyways, we'll get to okay. We'll get to that. We're going to talk a little bit first of all about though, what phase two means. Well, let's first talk okay. about the great number that came down the pike oh, yesterday. Yes, Northern BC new active cases zero. Wow. Okay, I had not been still one hundred or still seventy eight active yep. uh, across uh, the north. Yeah. Uh, but I that zero was amazing, and the provincial two, number yeah. oh. of, of new active cases, I think, was 64 or something. Yeah. So that's way down as well. So and the last number I saw as well great. was um, two people in hospital in the north. Yeah. So and both in critical care, which is not, which right. is sort of understandable, yeah. but still down, down to two. That's down from four five, critical five on care. Friday, I believe. Yeah, okay. but there was four okay. in critical yes. care for a while there. Yeah. So uh, that's good news as well. Yeah, so with all those numbers looking good, uh, Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry announced that as of, well, I guess technically as of midnight today, like last night, we're into phase two. And um, one of the big changes is you can now have outdoor personal gatherings of up to 50 people. That was uh, That's up from what it was before. So that's like stuff like birthday parties, backyard barbecues, block parties. The three Bs, although they didn't put that in the press release that way. Um, but she did note indoor gatherings, it's still only five people or one household. So there is still that. Yeah. Um, the outdoor personal gatherings, uh, indoor seated organized gatherings, 50 people. Right. So if you want to have movie theater, live theater, you can have up to 50 people yeah. seated, and they have to have the safety plan in place, of course. Yeah, and the local uh, movie house. Yeah. Uh, what was it called? Cineplex? Cineplex, yeah. Famous Players, Famous players 6. Over at Parkwood. Parkwood. And it, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, yeah, they're open. So, yep. uh, and as I recall going into the pandemic, uh, they had already put those protocols in place. So it's yep. just a matter of having those same protocols available. Uh, you book your seat and you get assigned seats. Yeah. So everyone's spread out in the theater. Yeah. Um, for sports, mm-hmm. a couple of big numbers to note now. Outdoor sports, they can now have up to 50 spectators. So that's good news for, like, the um, Spruce City Men's Fastball League. And I think when we were talking with, of course, we were talking with a couple of weeks ago about that, Sheldon. I think it was Sheldon Bjorklund, wasn't it? No. No, No, we were talking with, uh, uh, the name of I know. But Jay. Ghostkeeper. That's right. He was basically saying their hope was that as soon as they were allowed spectators, the Bannock would be back as well. Yes. So. Yes, so they'll, they'll yeah. have that up and running. Yeah, so that's for the outdoor sports. The other good news is if you're taking part in an indoor sport, you can now have games indoors. You mm-hmm. can't have spectators yet, but you can be starting to play your games now again indoors. Right. So if you've got like a, a basketball league or something like that, you can actually be playing games now inside. Or, or lacrosse, yep. which would be starting up, I would think, fairly soon as well. Yes. Um, also, at places like the Y and the other fitness places around town, high-intensity fitness 
is right. now allowed again. Again, with all of these, you have to have the safety plans in place. Well, high-intensity fitness, it's allowed, yeah. but after a year of, of uh, <laughs> sitting around yeah. COVID, you might not get a lot of... Uh, no. You, yeah, it yeah, might be you, little bursts. You may, you may want to go with the low-intensity fitness for a few more months. Just to build it up. Yeah. Um this one is not a big one for me, but liquor service at restaurants, bars, and pubs now extended until midnight. It had been, I believe, 10 p.m. Oh. Was what they were saying. Okay. Now it's until midnight. Um, yeah. But uh, no. So looking good. And the next date, and I found this one kind of strange. The next date, the earliest possible date from Union Stage 3 is July 1st. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be a kind of a strange day to do it on because... How do you how do you kind of make like you, know, you can sort of assume if you look at the numbers going into that you can sort of assume that everything's good and phase three is going to go in, but until June thirtieth probably you're not going to know for sure whether you could hold the event you were figuring yeah, on July first. Yeah. I, I would have thought they would have uh, made that next date uh, the twenty eighth. Yes, you know, two weeks yeah. from now, yeah. at least give people a few days head notice yeah. before the Monday before the, the holiday. Yeah. yeah, because I think one of the things that's happening there is again with safety plans in place, you can start to have things like outdoor concerts mm-hmm. and um, fairs and stuff like that. You can have them again. Everything still has to be in place. The other thing, of course, is masks are still required. I believe in phase two. When we get to phase three, they will be highly recommended, but in a lot of places they will not be required. Right. But it will still be up to the person or the group who's running the event that you're going to. They may still say, no, you have to wear a mask to come in, in which case, well, you got your choice. You can either wear the mask or you don't go in. Except for with Alan, it will, where it'll be mandatory. Do we have to, we need to go to the break? <laughs> Hi, let's go to a break and we'll be back with more after nine. Pushing and supporting the nonprofit sector forward is a priority advantage point. Their aim is to work with others in the sector to mutually accomplish goals and create discussions around important topics. These are the values and goals of their membership community. When your organization becomes a Vantage Point member, your board, staff, and volunteers can participate in our advocacy work for the sector. For more information or to become a member of Vantage Point, visit thevantagepoint.ca. A strong membership gives the BC Schizophrenia Society a louder voice on matters of importance to families who have been affected by schizophrenia, psychosis, and severe mental illness. For an annual individual membership of $15, you will have the opportunity to voice your opinions and vote at their annual general meeting on issues brought forward by the board of directors and vote for the following year's directors. To get your membership, click on Become a BCSS Member under Make a Difference at bcss.org. Next time you're out on the ocean, help save whales by reporting any sightings using the Whale Report app. By making submissions, you're contributing to the OceanWise BC Sighting Network, a database of more than 130,000 whale sightings spanning more than 50 years. This provides researchers with critical information about the health of whales, dolphins, porpoises, and sea turtles in the BC waters. For more information or to download the Whale Report app, visit the OceanWise website at ocean.org. A well-designed team in all aspects of an organization makes missions possible. Effective recruitment tools and processes can save valuable time and resources to set you up for success. 
On August 10th, the Vantage Point's Tools for Recruitment explores the tools and strategies for finding the ideal candidate for your organization. Best practices to screen resumes, develop interview questions, conduct reference checks, and more. All covered in this three-hour workshop. Tools for Recruitment, August 10th from 9 to noon. Register today through thevantagepoint.ca. It's after 9 on Prince George's Community Station, 93.1 CFIS-FM. So do we want to start by talking about what isn't going to be happening later well, this you, you summer? Well, you had mentioned or? that uh, concerts are, are starting up, et cetera. Yes. Uh, but the one that uh, – I, I guess it was just too late. Well, yeah, because these concerts take a while. And that is Caribou Rocks the North. Yep. And I thought, well, they've got time. And then I realized, well, no, it's, a it's, month only, and a half. A, yeah, it's only a month and a half away from when they were supposed to be up yeah. and running. Uh, so – Instead of scrambling to try to put it together last minute, they've uh, uh, they've postponed it again mm-hmm. or canceled it, if you will. Now, if you have tickets uh, for if you had tickets for last year, they would have been honored this year. <laughs> yeah. If you had tickets for this year or last year, they will be honored in 2022. Yes. And what they're doing for people that decide to hold on to those tickets is you will be put into a draw where you could win an upgrade to a, a VIP oh, entry nice. uh, on the general admission ticket or uh, suite tickets to a uh, Cougars hockey game oh. this coming season. Wow. Right? Now, the other thing I noticed on the press release was what they were figuring on doing this year as much as possible, I believe, was having the same groups back who were scheduled for 2020. Yeah. Well, Next year, obviously, they're saying it's going to be an all-new lineup. So what they're also uh, giving people the option the, to do. I think the case is they'll they'll probably get as many of the yeah. uh, acts that they originally had uh, planned. But uh, two years down the road, there's some of those won't be available. No. So they'll have to find others yeah. to fill the holes. And the option they're giving people, I believe, is if when the new lineup comes out, you don't you're not happy with it, you can just turn in your ticket and get a full refund. Yeah. Which now, is a nice idea. Now, before we jump to that, no uh, camping pass holders, mm. those passes, of course, will also be uh, yeah. eligible for 2020, uh, 2022, June. I should say. Yeah. Uh, the And you're talking about the no-risk lineup guarantee. Yes. And that is that if you hold a ticket and the 2022 lineup is announced and you're really not interested yeah. anymore, then you can get a refund. Or... If you look at the dates for 2022 and you realize, well, no, my daughter's getting married that weekend. Yes. We're, we're not going to be able to attend. And we're actually figuring out having enough people there to make it worthwhile going to the wedding. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. you can also get a refund yeah. uh, if you I, just can't use the... Did the press release that they sent out say what the dates were? I thought it, I thought somewhere in there it mentioned what the dates were well, for 2022. the media release... The media release. Said it's August the 5th through the 7th, okay. 2022. Yeah. First weekend. Yes. Which, again, it, that's the BC Day weekend, then, possibly. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Maybe. One thing I that, yeah. We have enough trouble remembering what's happening this I year. I like, think it's the weekend after the BC Long. It yeah, may be, yeah. Because I, I think the first, if it ends on the 7th and the 7th's a Sunday, then okay. the first yes. would be the Monday. Yeah. But so, yeah. Anyway, uh, a few other media releases that we got uh, from the Spruce Kings mm-hmm. yesterday, and actually I think one was this morning. Uh, they have their season passes 
available now. Right. And this is their uh, 50th anniversary mm. celebration mm-hmm. that they're doing. And it's uh, some really good packages. I'm looking at the total price for some of these things. A full season, $309. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, that's the full so, schedule. Yeah, that's the full, uh, what is it? 68 games, I want to uh, say. Well, no, no, no. 26 games. Oh, 26, 26 games. So they've got a 52-game schedule. 52 that's right, game, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or you could get a half-season. And if you get, a say, a half-season pass, you can use those tickets on any date. Yeah. So it's not a specific 13 yep. games. You pick no. and choose the 13 games. Yeah. Uh, they also have their summer hockey school coming mm-hmm. up. And that'll be uh, two different weeks, August the 16th to the 20th and August 23rd to 27th uh, for three different age groups. And uh, that's uh, $359, so not a bad price, uh, being instructed by the coaches and the players of the Spruce Kings. And you can... uh, End of August is when those are as well, so you've got some time to plan. Well, yeah, mid to end of August. Uh, The details you can find on their website. Same with the ticket packages. Go to uh, sprucekings.bc.ca and you can find the links for the the summer school as well as uh, ticket packages. Now, another place that just reopened yesterday, actually, the tourist, the Prince George, uh, Tourism Prince George Visitor Information Center. Yes. Down on First Avenue is open again, still obviously under COVID restrictions, uh, occupancy limit of four parties or six individuals at one time. They have reduced the number of pamphlets and guides available for visitors to browse. Yeah. Which again makes sense. Uh, well, one thing they suggested on their media release is uh, you can actually call or mm-hmm. email ahead and let them know what the information is that you're looking for. Yeah. So then when you pop down there, they can have it all sitting ready for you. Just pop yes. in, pick it up, and away you go. Yeah, and it's open 8.30 to 4.30, Monday to Friday. Yeah. And then they mentioned as well, they're going to be sending out a mobile team to popular attractions on Saturdays throughout the summer. Right. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them down at, say, the farmer's market on some of the Saturdays during the summer. Yeah, or at uh, Hubble on... Yeah. On the, on the weekends that they've got the stuff big, that's going on. Got big stuff going on. No. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say. Uh, eventually, I would think, you know, with the protocols lifting, they might open again on Saturday, Sunday. Yes. Because visitor centers, it kind of is a weekend kind of sort of yeah. thing that you normally are open. And that, of course, was the other thing that we forgot to mention. We were talking about going to Phase 2. You can now travel anywhere in B.C., that's right. So you can have your friends from the Vancouver Island area come up to Prince George and visit the Visitor Information Center. And again, you call ahead, let them know that your friends are coming up here. They're going to be heading out to a certain area in, in the region. They can pick up a package. They can prepare the package for them there. Yeah, not a problem for you, but I can no. see how others would. Uh... <sighs> This is obviously put down all day, which it is every day of the week anyways. So on that note, I think we're going to wrap up this show. But golly, that'll teach you. Uh, so that'll do it for today. I will be back tomorrow after nine. 
After 9 is a daily presentation of CFIS-FM. After 9 is produced by Alan Wishart, Reg Fair, and Nathan Gita. Additional contributors include CBC News and the National Campus and Community Radio Association. For a rebroadcast of today's program, check out the podcast link at cfisfm.ca. To provide feedback or suggestions for the show, please email cfisfm at yahoo.ca. You're listening to Boomer Radio 93.1 CFISFM. Proudly sponsored by two 